Welcome to My Autism Tribe, a community of advocates that are linked by autism but bound by strength. This is a time to find our sounding board and shoulders that help us carry life's load without the fear of criticism. We give and receive. We nurture and empower. I'm your host, Susan Scott. Autism is an extremely complicated diagnosis, and when you add teenage hormones to the mix, you sometimes get a new set of behaviors and possibly some challenges. My son is five now, but I know he'll be a teenager in a blink of an eye. I thought it was important to share with you a look into the world of a teenager on the spectrum. Words can't even begin to describe just how proud I am to introduce today's guest. Her name is Kennedy, and she's my niece. I've watched Kennedy grow into such a beautiful and lovely lady. This girl has so many strengths, many of which she may not even claim to have or even be aware of. But I've also seen the struggles, uh, the complications that she experiences. So I thought I would have a personal conversation with her so I could better understand her views, her opinions, a look into her world. And if you're wondering, I have asked her parents for permission and she has so kindly accepted the invitation. So please join me in a warm welcome to one of the pieces of my heart, my niece. Hi, Kennedy. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Well, thanks so much. I think a lot of people are going to be really interested in today's topic. And I just want to thank you for kind of sharing your viewpoint on what it's like to teenage with autism. And there's so many questions that I have, and I know that we've talked about it before, but I want you to kind of introduce yourself. Just tell everyone how old you are, what grade you're in. Okay. Um, I'm 14 years old, and I am going to currently be going into my first year of high school, so a freshman. Oh, boy. That's so exciting. I remember when I was going in freshman, there's a lot of excitement there. There's some, gosh, all the uncertainties and stuff, too, you know, with what high school is going to be like. It's a big change. It really is. Well, I have watched you grow up, and, of course, I'm a proud aunt. I speak about you fondly all the time to, to people, and and I've watched you develop into just... Uh, a phenomenal human being and I know that I have seen some struggles that you've had you know along the way and I want you to kind of share with everyone what it's like for you or maybe how about how about this how about we start with when you were little as much as you can remember some of the challenges that you felt Oh boy, um, communication was a really big one, you know, when you're young, you really don't know how to communicate at all, but you know, with autism, it's way more harder, Mm -hmm. and you just don't know how to express your feelings, or show emotion, or at least specifically for me, I didn't know how to show emotion, or convey my thoughts and feelings. Right, and that's tough just for people in general, you know, and then, but you I've seen growth in that area for sure with you. Definitely. Yeah. And is that something that you, like, were you cognizant that you were working on that? Well, I just started becoming more vocal and 
showing expressions and to be honest just the like last few years like around seventh grade maybe and um so mm-hmm. I definitely have been personally working on that it took, took quite a while though <laughs> yeah and that's that's tough too especially you know when you're experiencing some not so good emotions as far as other different challenges that you have can you talk a little bit about those as much as you feel comfortable with so one thing for sure I know is that um my autism is external is how you say it where it's like not genetically caused but um mm-hmm. more of caused environmentally um that for sure we think plays a part in it because it's different from like just gen- genetics mm-hmm. considering the environment that I grew up around definitely um did help I struggled a lot you know because I was in a very abusive um neglected environment that it didn't really help build upon my um ability to like speak and um just express and then also my um like able to focus and complete full thoughts and knowing that I was like okay to express that kind of stuff that I, what I needed and what I wanted right so that was a really big struggle and you said I just want to point out you said that you were in a, a neglective environment and I just want to let everyone know that this is something that you're not in now that my sister, yeah, my sister and your dad have, like, you. they have adopted you, and my sister has adopted you, and so you're now in a pretty loving environment, I think. Um, yeah. So, I know we love you to pieces. Um, did yeah. you have any kind of sensory struggles or anything like that that you might want to speak on? Yes, um, noises. Noises are a thing for me. Um, the, the occasional touch, but it's mainly noises and, like, commotion. Like, I get overstimulated really easily. So we have to be careful about, like, what kind of activities I can do and also in what kind of environments I'm allowed in. So that was really hard considering the environment I used to be in was a very loud, um, violent environment so that really put some pushed me back in the developing stages sure definitely have you found things that help you when you are becoming overstimulated um yeah usually I try to distract myself by maybe reading or um sometimes talking will help Mm -hmm. like just if I just ramble on about the most random things, I distract myself from the noise. Um, sometimes, you know, you can't always, like, block out the noise. So sometimes just, you know, um, maybe I sometimes go to the bathroom if I get overstimulated or I um eating. <laughs> that's that's part of the random, but huge thing. <laughs> I'm also, I have pica, so um, I, it's, weird whenever I get overstimulated I want to be chewing on something or have something in my hand and mm-hmm. so that's why I have the bad habit of biting my nails sure sure yeah and that's that's been kind of a difficult thing for you to kind of work with but at least you're cognizant of it 
that you can work. Those are kind of things that you can work on. And if you're aware of it, it helps. Yeah. As far as friends, like, you know, having friends or being in a school environment, can you share a little bit about what that has been like and maybe what it is today? Oh, um, well, <laughs> going into middle school, I was, I had like one friend, mm-hmm. maybe two. So that was really hard, especially since sometimes in middle school, there will be like other schools joining and combining into one middle school, or that's what my middle school was like. Mm-hmm. So it's like all these new people. And one thing is too, with going into middle school, friend groups tend to break up. And there becomes, like, new options. And so I kind of found most of my friends with people who had kind of separated from friend groups and were kind of um, not really sure what to do. Mm -hmm. We just kind of all got together and were like, hey, it's an hour group, you know? Yeah. Middle school is so tough anyway. And there's just so many things changing. Um, not only like physically, like your body, your the hormones, and you know, oh my gosh, I've re- I remember that very well. Like having meltdowns, you know, because I ran out of toothpaste. None of it made sense, <laughs> you know. So and really yeah. just trying to struggle and find your way and find your identity and and going into high school, you'll probably be going through some of the same things and you're on a another journey but that's good that's good and growth is good can you talk about maybe um some of the other things as far as making friends or I've met you know a couple of your friends and they're all you know very nice and very sweet and you know what are some of the things that you talk about like with with your friends like have do they do they know that you're on the spectrum or do they know some of kind of the difficult situations that you can be put in yeah um some of them do some of them don't really know necessarily that i'm autistic but they definitely know that like of my anxiety and all that that kind of stuff which a lot of them have trouble with that kind of stuff too Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like we all found each other and are now helping each other try to get through that, you know, and we understand each other and are just wanting to help each other. It's a great feeling when you know that you find a group of people that just get you and yeah. really just kind of accept you for the way that you are and will also be an advocate for you. I think that's one thing that I've seen you grow in is self-advocating you know, speaking up and and letting people know that you're not comfortable with something. And I think that that's really important. And I know that it's something that I want Alex to have too. And, you know, just letting people into your world, there's nothing wrong with that. So you have a little brother, my nephew, Connor. Connor is four and he is a little firecracker. Can you share, you're laughing, I know, um, You can you share what it was like when your mom and dad said, okay, we're going to have a baby now? Can can you kind of describe what that feeling was like? Well, 
it was kind of tough because at the same time, I still was not definitely an emotion conveyor or talkative person. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I just was happy, kind of confused, a little worried, a little mad at the same time, you know, Mm -hmm. normal, normal stuff of what kids feel like when another one's coming along. Um, I definitely was, um, wanted to be a part of this and, you know, was definitely happy that I wouldn't be, um, alone and definitely felt nice that I was going to have someone who would look up to me. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it's like, well, um, my parents aren't going to be like, I'm not, I'm not the only one, you know, I don't get one-on-one time with them as much. They're going to be taking care of a baby. And it's like, I, I have needs and yeah. I know how to feel about that. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's a big change too. I think that's, that's a change that most everyone, you know, if you have younger siblings has experienced. It's tough, you know, because especially I, I'm the oldest, you know, I have two younger sisters. And I know each time when one sister would be brought home from the hospital, and then another sister would be brought home from the hospital, each time I knew that that was going to be less time that I would have with my parents and so that's tough but I've seen you navigate through all of that and you're a great big sister and I know that Connor looks up to you and and that's really important for him too have you had any special interests that have really just helped you along the way whether it's as a conversation piece or helped you self-regulate have there been any kind of special interests that have helped you? Reading, writing, and drawing, definitely, or something mm-hmm. that has really helped me. You, you know, reading, I get to, like, go into an adventure without the overstimulation. I get to experience things without the overstimulation, without problems that would normally happen, you know? So reading mm-hmm. is definitely a really big thing for me. It takes me away from the world that I know. It takes me away from reality. And it just places me in a place that I decided that I want to be in, that I know is a good place for me. That's really interesting. I didn't think about it that way. I know that sometimes the reason that I read is to experience things that I haven't experienced before or to, you know, just kind of escape but the way that you put it was is that you can experience those things without the stimulation of it and that's really really cool thanks for sharing that i i thought it was so cute and maybe you don't remember this i'm sure you do though you were really fascinated with the titanic for a while and i thought that was so cool you had so much knowledge about the Titanic and I know that's something that I found with Alex is that he can tell you the dinosaurs he's learning all about the planets now I mean those are his special interests and can you talk a little bit about maybe why you gravitated towards the Titanic and why that was an interest for you well I think because it just I don't know, I just, I was really pulled towards it because it sounded like something that you would hear in, like, a made-up story, but it was real, and, like, it's, like, things like that actually happen, and it brings reality into me, 
and it just makes me think wow I'm, it, stuff like this actually happens like mm-hmm. it was said to be an unsinkable ship and it sank and there was just so many things that happened on that ship it was called the ship of wonder for a reason it was so big there were so many interesting people on it and they all had their story and then I found books about it that shared their stories and their experiences and it was like having a one-on-one conversation with with people and about stuff that normally people don't get to hear about because um, those that that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to have that account and that knowledge, and it just it was like mysteries and romances and sorrows and all sorts of stories connected into one. And I loved how everything was just brought into one place and. There was the whole catastrophe of it sinking. I don't know that, that just kind of like gravitate towards stuff like that. Mm-hmm. As far as like school subjects and things like that, have do you have any special interests with school subjects? Science mm. and reading and history and everything, but math. <laughs> no math, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know that you're an avid reader. Um, I mean, I've from an early age, you know, you've gra- been gravitating towards books, and you're a very, very good reader. And and then science, building things, and the Legos, and things like that. And I've seen things that you've built that are just really beautiful. And the way that your mind works is very beautiful. Is there something that, like a profession, that you feel like, hey, you know what, this is something that I may be really interested in. Well, my dream job is to be a forensic autopsy technician. Wow. Science field and forensics. You'd be great at that. Thank you. And so how did you come about that? I know you have the tie, you know, you like science, but why the forensic part of it? Well, do you know the show Bones? Yes. I, I would watch that, and I thought it was just so cool of how they got pulled into, like, these dramatic stories of this was murder, there was this robbery, and how they all got to be a part of it, and how they used, like, the bones to figure out stuff, and their surrounding clues and evidence, and just how, like, energetic it was, and the atmosphere. I just thought it was so cool, because, weirdly enough, death doesn't, I'm, I'm not afraid of it. In fact, I find it quite intriguing. Mm-hmm. And that's just something I feel gravitated towards. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. There are a lot of shows out there that are have the forensic background and storylines and things like that, and they're all fascinating. But with your gravitation like towards science and also just being aware of detail, I think that would be a really cool fit. Now, do you guys talk about kind of professions at school? Um, definitely. We definitely have, a, um, sometimes we'll just randomly have a talk about how we use this stuff in the real world and what jobs, like, we imply what we're learning to. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of try to connect it to the real world because you'll be studying math and you're like, why do we have to learn this? And the teacher will talk about, like, how you use it in specific careers, like engineering or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I th- I'm glad that they're doing that. So a lot of people that are listening today are going to be parents. And 
parents, I know, are always trying to get an inside look into their child's lives, right? We can't be with our children all the time. And you are what we live and breathe for. And what kind of advice would you give to parents who may have a child on the spectrum, whether they're young or older? Um, if you want to get something out of your child and if you want to talk to them or, like, get them to say something, definitely don't push and, like, push and poke and try to, like, pry it out of them. That definitely shuts us down more and we don't want to really talk. Mm-hmm. Just more of kind of set up the atmosphere or environment for, like, the ability to be able to say that. Because, I mean, like, if we don't want to say something, <laughs> we're not going to say it, but, like, if you set up an environment to where we feel comfortable about saying that, you know, whether it be just, like, a one-on-one conversation or a during dinner, you spark up something that's kind of subtle and we start talking. Like, just, it depends on the environment and the mood, almost. Because if there's going to be, like, even the slightest bit of tension in the air or something like that, we won't bring up a conversation that we feel would make that grow worse. Because, like, we, with being silent and not showing emotion, we tend to learn, like, what uh, we tend to learn how to read others mm-hmm. and like read the atmosphere so we pay close attention to that to tell you know if we should speak and if we can speak sure well and sometimes if it, if there is a tense environment I know sometimes even I will kind of shut down especially as a teenager too there's yeah I know Alex I mean he's five and he he doesn't like a lot of questions you know, but if I if I start talking to him about dinosaurs, he'll definitely talk about that. Um, is there anything else that any words of wisdom or advice that you would give parents or even people that have loved ones on the spectrum or friends? Well, going into like, especially if you have friends or loved ones or anyone going into like middle school or high school and they have autism, definitely one thing is around this time I feel like they start to talk more, they start to engage more because like they're almost forced to in a good way. Mm-hmm. They're brought out of the cell and um, this is, if you, probably around the time that they're going to start like actually engaging and talking to you and there's um, also... <laughs> might be a bit of rebellion and like new ways that they're showing their interest or um start to like come out about things that you've never said before and it might be quite shocking to parents but it honestly just I would doesn't really matter unless they're doing drugs or like you should be mad at that but besides that I would just be happy that they're talking and speaking to you and feel confident enough to tell you this stuff mm. if I, it should be so honored that, you know, they're starting to show themselves, even if it might not be the most admirable thing. Like, if they're, if they're a goth, they're a goth. If they're emo, they're an emo, you know? Sure. If they love big pink and poofy dresses, that's great that they're expressing themselves and that they're learning how to do that. Yeah. Wow. So, that's definitely something to be prepared for. Yeah. That that's something that will happen, you know? You, that's a great point. Well, I just... I'm really excited for all those that don't know. We're going camping next week and the family. And I'm just really excited. Um, you've kind of grown up camping since you've been in our family. And we always have such a 
a great time and this will be my the first time that my son has gone camping although we have put the tent up in the living room to get him prepared so I think that he's really excited (laughs) but I can't wait to see you next week and have so much fun and again I can't thank you enough for allowing all of us to come into your world and hear your viewpoint and your opinions on things. I definitely enjoyed this and I do hope that I did help parents out there even if it was a bit of an awkward situation but (laughs) you did great I'm very very proud of you and I know everyone else is too so thank you. Kennedy brought up some amazing tips today some advice to share with us I speak with a lot of parents whose children are entering into the teenage world or have been in this world for a while and here's some other tips that they've given me number one and Kennedy touched on this don't ask too many questions I believe all teenagers in general would agree with this one but for those on the spectrum they usually hate being quizzed and this can make it difficult for us as a parent because we really want to be involved in our children's lives well sometimes they may feel like they're being interrogated so perhaps instead of asking how school or what did you do today ask them about their interests is there a subject they're studying in school that they're really into and you might be surprised at how long they'll want to talk about it number two bring solid evidence to the table sometimes they have a hard time recognizing social rules so maybe avoid saying things like because i said so or because i'm your mom or because i'm your dad instead use facts rules and i've even heard of using laws to back up why something is the way that it is number three don't scold their behavior before understanding what it truly is when a teenager with autism doesn't respond to your questions or walks out of the room without saying a word don't assume they're being rude sometimes the social interaction is actually difficult and maybe even painful for them you have no idea what they experience that day they are self-regulating in a chaotic world every single day that can be loud and overwhelming and the last thing they're thinking about is whether or not it's bothering you so don't take it personally Uh, text messaging might provide better communication this is point number four most of us live on our phones which is a good and a bad thing but think about it sometimes it may be more relaxing for us or more comfortable for us than actually speaking on the phone because we're actually able to collect our thoughts before responding giving us more time to respond in a more appropriate way perhaps and for people on the spectrum this can be a huge plus number five and there are six points number five be patient yes there might be things that they say and do that you may find strange or different but just know that they're living in an overwhelming and complicated world and are just trying to learn how to navigate all of it and number six just be accepting autism and everything Uh, we were all teenagers at one point in time and we were all struggling to find our identity deal with our emotions trying to figure out how we fit into this crazy world try entering into their world instead of trying to force them into yours and you may be surprised at just how much beauty there is amidst their chaos thank you so much for joining my niece and me today and thank you so much for being a part of my autism tribe keep up the great work and i'll see you next week